and the market is huge. What we are protecting is the tokenized asset market, which is expected to reach $16 trillion in 2030. And there is no system at this moment that scales to cover it in terms of trust. So this is what we are building. And because it is so early in the development of the protocol and in the development of tokenized assets in general, the perspectives of return are extremely high. Hello and welcome to DeFire, the crypto storytelling podcast that is your stoic companion on the crypto roller coaster. My name is Jonas and today we are chatting with Antoine Sarot, the brains behind Wakweli. Now, Wakweli isn't just a cool name, it's Swahili for people who tell the truth. And that's exactly what they're all about. They are on a mission to build a universal certification protocol. Picture the blue check mark on Twitter or Instagram, but for the blockchain world. It's a badge of authenticity that's recognized everywhere. Imagine being able to get a certificate for anything, an artwork, a house, even a share of stock, and have it recognized across any marketplace or blockchain. That's the future Wakweli is working towards. But unlike many tech solutions, Wakweli isn't relying on AI or machine learning. Instead, it's a human protocol built on the power of community underpinned by powerful game theory. At the heart of it all is the Vaku, the unit of trust. Just like validators in the Ethereum network, participants in the Wakweli ecosystem lock Vaku tokens into certificates. It's a system where being honest isn't just the right thing to do, it's the most profitable thing to do. So buckle up as we dive into how Antoine and Wakweli bring back trust to crypto. But first, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. CryptoValley.jobs is a job board where engineers, designers, analysts, traders, and community builders can find cool crypto jobs. Full disclosure, I run this job board. So if you're looking for a job or you want to advertise an open position, please go and visit CryptoValley.jobs. And while you're there, make sure to sign up on the email lists so you're always informed when new jobs are posted on the platform. That's CryptoValley.jobs. And now let's start the show. If you want to get your company or project in front of our growing audience, visit DeFire.money or send me an email jonas at DeFire.money to learn more about the DeFire community. I actually don't know how to pronounce your last name properly. Can you quickly introduce yourself, you know, in the proper French? Yeah, I'm Antoine Sarot. Sarot, okay. Antoine Sarot. And <laughs> yeah, I speak a little bit French, but don't really need it anymore in the day-to-day. You are Swiss or are you French? Sorry. I'm French. I'm from Paris. But now I'm in Switzerland to develop the protocol. So you yes. might not have this problem but we at the Swiss, we always have a little bit of trouble to kind of brag about our achievements. It's not in our nature, <laughs> but for a podcaster introductions, it's always good to say, you know, like I have this and have done and achieved this, this and that. So I'll give you the permission to quickly brag a little bit about what you have achieved so far and that you give a cool introduction <laughs> for, for the listeners that they're hooked in and they want to know more about you. So I'm Antoine Sarotin. I'm the co-founder of the Wakwali protocol, which is a new system to fight scams in the Web3 ecosystem and beyond, because it also helps to fight scam in the real world, but that's the secret part of it, the long-term vision. I'm a computer scientist. I've been in decentralized technologies since 2011, and specifically in crypto since 2017. 
And I've done a lot of different things in my life, starting to, to be a programmer, then going towards project management, because when you're a programmer and you work on a project that becomes mm -hmm. big, then you need to build a team to be able to work efficiently. So since that, I've worked in insurance, in mobility, in fintech, also in payment terminals, and now back to my core business, like my core passion, decentralized technology with crypto since 2017, where I was a consultant in Paris for some time. And now I'm in Geneva working on the protocol. Uh, basically, I came in Geneva by a coincidence. I followed my wife there. She was doing a PhD at the university in Geneva, in Switzerland. And I've met along the way Shaban, who is now my co-founder on Wakwili. Mm -hmm. And I think Shaban went in your podcast a few, few yeah, weeks ago. Yeah. Shaban is like an undercover guy in the world of cryptocurrency and NFTs. And is behind the first mobile game using assets on the blockchain, Space of Genesis, with assets live since 2015. And when I met Shaban at a co-working space I was exploring, basically, it was one of the first time I meet someone that I really resonate with in terms of value and skills that we have. We are both computer scientists and working in decentralized tech. We participated in a hackathon together that we both won in, in the same tier of prices. And since that, we've been working more and more together, more and more closer until we, we decided to kickstart this project with Wakwili. And I'm really happy today that we are able to work together and to have built a team here in mm -hmm. Geneva of about eight people working on the protocol to secure the Web3 ecosystem. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we will go into Aquali for sure, but I think let's establish a little bit more your background. I'm curious, you said decentralized technology was always a passion of yours. When was the first time that you got into cryptocurrency Was there like a moment where you, where it suddenly made click for you? Um, let's say cryptocurrency. I don't really understand why I missed it because 2017 is a bit late when you've been working with decentralized tech since 2011. When I was at the university, so it was my, my thesis at the end in 2011-2012, I was studying social networks. And it was the time where Facebook was about to get its billionth user. Mm -hmm. And people were like, oh, what the F are we doing with our private data? A single company shouldn't be allowed to own so much data about the users. They start to be more powerful than a country mm -hmm. in terms of data intelligence. So there was some alternative models being developed about data pods that you, you will be the owner as a user and you offer the others to connect directly with to basically build a social network, which is completely decentralized, peer-to-peer, -peer, a bit like BitTorrent. So you get the information directly from a network of your own friends. So it was an alternative model, and it was when I started studying decentralized tech in general. So at that time, there was some decentralized social network that was kickstarting named Diaspora. So it's a long uh -huh. time ago. And it's fun because you see every few years, you see uh, this kind of problematics come back. We should, we need more decentralized data. Mm -hmm. And I think basically the, the results of my master's thesis was we need some appropriate tooling. And until we have this, something stupid, simple to use, it will be extremely hard to break the network effect around Facebook, around uh, Google, etc. So this is what we are still working on everywhere in the world to build some appropriate toolings for blockchain technologies, obviously, which yeah. we are 
really late on, but also for everything. Like if Google is still the master of everything, like the email, the agenda and stuff, it's because the proper tooling for open source, for more decentralized system mm -hmm. has not been developed yet, which is a complex thing to do if you want to open it for open source, etc., to do some non-profit models versus the big corporations. I think what you mentioned now is like the switching costs as well, right? And, and the network effects, the network value goes up with each additional user because the network is only as valuable if your friends are on there. Exactly. And then if you, if you go to another network, and we've all tried it, right? Threema in Switzerland, for instance, is one of those more secure messenger apps. And a lot of people try to get on there, but then there's nobody there. And then everybody goes back to WhatsApp, which is universally used. And it's really, really hard to make the switching costs. How did that, you know, insight... Because I think back in the days when you did your master thesis, you probably have been a little bit more hopeful. <laughs> I'd say not a lot has changed. And uh, the, man, the final part of my thesis was not particularly positive. <laughs> like I was telling, it will probably take decades for the network effect to be able to be broken. I read the end of my thesis from, from 10 years ago, and mostly everything is still true. It's in open access, so if someone wants to check uh, also. <laughs> On my university website. Is it Because you, you, you've been in Paris, right? Is it yeah. in... This one is, is in the UK. Ah. It's Oxford University. So it's in English. Uh, I have a double master. Okay. Yeah, so it's in yeah. English. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been an ICO holder of Tezos, and Tezos is uh, partly French, right? And I, I've, I had the feeling the mm. French embraced them a little bit more because it's French technology or like the, the guy is French. Even though, I mean... France is the deep, most centralized country in the world. <laughs> Maybe not in the world, but the, you know, all the, the streets, all the power goes to Paris, right? But I think when it yeah. comes to the mindset, they have this open heart for decentralization being a very, let's say, as a, as a population kind of rebellious. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a bit of that in the French genes, I think. <laughs> But I guess also in, in France in general, uh, we have a good population of really good engineers and good engineering school, which it's good grounds to build this kind of complex systems. That's interesting. So now to go back to crypto and cryptocurrency, you, you got in a little bit late, 2017. That was actually during the hype, you got sucked in. What caught your interest then? Basically, I saw, uh, I was finishing my previous work was in fintech. I was doing some payment terminal hardware solutions and I wanted to, to do something different to come back to the roots of my passions. And I saw the cryptocurrency and I said, oh, how can I have missed that? So I decided to learn everything that I could on crypto at that time. And I went to a hackathon in Paris. And I met a team and I worked a bit with them on different projects, like some internals, some consulting for people wanted to do some tokenization or also ICO at the time. So we had a base of knowledge and we extended mm -hmm. a bit. So I did that for some times. I also did some, some things in a more technical sense. I worked in some prototyping for supply chain needs, which was a key, a key stuff mm -hmm. at that time. In the, uh, in the ecosystem, it's still the case. Like you can see, not a lot have changed. Like it takes a long time for these solutions to become mature. So when you, when you see a lot of projects about tokenization of real estate, about supply chain management right now, I think there was a bit of this vibe 
already there in 2017 and a lot of people actively working on it, but it was even more unknown mm -hmm. to the decentralized tech at that time. So, so there is a huge inertia yeah. around it. But do you have some particular projects that you have worked on, you know, that people may be familiar with or was that all, you know, because a lot of, we also know that a lot of these ICOs, of course, nothing mm -hmm. came of it or maybe they're still working on it and the results are not yet here. Because I also, when you say now supply chain, all these things, it, it really reminds me of 2017. Because then all these projects, like hundreds of projects sprung up overnight, mm -hmm. basically. Having all these big ideas. And as you said, little has come from it so far, right? In the real life. But sometimes I also feel it could be that maybe the, this AI moment is just around the corner. Because in AI also people have been working on this technology for such a long time and it basically was not visible in the consumer space. And now suddenly with ChatGPT and all those other products, like from literally from one month to the other, everything changed. Do you think that's similar happening something with crypto in that way or not at all? I think there are some similarities. Definitely when, when suddenly chatbots, AI-powered chatbots started to work, like it was only a few months ago, ChatGPT, like the real boom of ChatGPT with OpenAI and the public access of the bot. But AI has been a lot of people, really talented people work in AI for, for years mm -hmm. and for decades for some, for some of them. And now we see the hype. We see a, a project that like is everywhere in the news and everyone instantly is all about AI. But it's, it's similar hype that we saw with cryptocurrencies when there was the bull market, like 2021 or so with the, with the board apes, the craziness around, around NFTs and the crypto mm -hmm. that, that really took up. But we'll see what happens with AI. It's, it's really interesting because we reached a stage where uh, what ChatGPT can do is really like it's mind-blowing when you use it. When you understand a bit what's behind, it's a bit creepy. Because it, it cannot go beyond like what humanity knows already. So if we use it too much, let's say we will diminish the capacity, general capacity of the human. So I'm a bit afraid of the fake positive effect that it can have in terms of a research and development definition. Mm -hmm. So because ChatGPT is, is, is capable of giving you a text like which looks really, really well thought and well designed and you take it for granted but it can lie on your face and it cannot go further what already exists, which mm -hmm. is not what we are supposed to do as engineers, as entrepreneurs. We are supposed to go beyond to bring the extra value that takes the whole world further. And this extra value is not there with ChatGPT and it's a bit pervasive because it looks like it is, but it's not. Mm -hmm. So, but that, yeah. But we go, we go a bit beyond. Yeah, the thing is, I'm not 100% like sure on how it works but how i understand it's like a probability system that kind of says okay what is the probability of the next word being this but then there's also like the temperature etc like different parameters that bring in randomness and when you look at it like biologically like mutations are also happening through randomness so maybe it is the natural way of going forward but it, we are digressing a bit <laughs> yeah It's like all the discussions go go towards the ChatGPT now. This is a good segue to your project now, Vakveli, and I want to go into it, but I want to go into it with this question that also combines AI. And the question is, 
how hard is it now to concentrate on this Vakveli project while the eyes of the VCs, also you as a technologist, I mean, ChatGPT and AI is just drawing attention in. How hard is it for you personally to, to stay focused on this crypto project that we are going to explore now? Let's say in crypto, we, are, we had a lot of bull markets and bear market succession. Shaban is a good uh, candidate uh, to tell that uh, as is uh, in the crypto business since 2015. So when it's the bear market, it's time to build, basically, because you are building the solutions that would be needed during the next bull run. It's a true passion for me, so I'm not too distracted by AI. ChatGPT is a, is a corner case because everybody uses it as a, like a, Google engine on steroids. So we had to take a break and learn to use it because you have to, to live with your times. <laughs> But no, no, we stay focused and we have a lot to do with Wakwali. There's a lot of parameters on the project. So it's not hard to stay focused on it because we have a lot of, of work for an eight people team. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's true that getting the attention of VCs is, requires a lot of work. It's, it's not impossible. We are fundraising right now. We closed the end of last year round of $1.1 million. Congrats. So it's still possible. And there is a new one open. It's a private sale round of $3.4 million, which is 25% committed at this moment. Mm -hmm. And we are still doing some fundraising efforts, going in events, going to conferences, talking to VCs, business angels, etc. But it's true that it, it requires extra work and I spend less time that I'd love to work on the protocol, but this is why we have a, a competent team with different skills. So nothing stops while we are fundraising. Okay, so let's go into Vakveli. Let's start with the problem. What is the problem right now that you're, that you're trying to solve? Try to explain this for people who might not be super into NFTs or super into crypto, like in an in easy to understand way? The problem is that there are too many scams at this moment. It's not limited to crypto. It's just in crypto, it really crystallizes the problem. If you go on OpenSea, which is the biggest marketplace for NFTs, 80% of user-created contents are considered as scams. 80%? OpenSea themselves told that. Wow. So it's, it's real data and it's a huge problem because it's extremely easy to create some counterfeit NFTs. Mm -hmm. You basically, you right click and save and you go to the OpenSea Minter and you can upload your new NFT. Like, and if you want to impersonate a new collection, you put a double space with the same collection name mm -hmm. or you use fake characters, like the weird A's mm -hmm. from different alphabets to create scam collections and basically impersonate and sell tokens instead of the real ones. So if you want to buy a board ape, maybe you will see some board ape at a fraction of the cost. You say, oh, this is a good opportunity. You buy it. But when you buy this, you buy some counterfeit goods. You don't have the access that it gives you. And basically you get scammed. So this is a problem that is not limited to um, NFTs, like I told you. And the solution we are building, it's something to fight this because The solution that currently exists, it's the blue tick badge mm -hmm. that you can see on collections. It's a bit like on Twitter when you have a verified profile. But on OpenSea, it's extremely hard to get this blue badge. You cannot request it if you don't have at least 75 Ether of volume on your collection. So that's more than $100,000. So let's say if you are a, a, small, uh, a small designer doing an NFT experiment, Like, imagine that uh, you, you spent uh, 
some uh, weeks to design your NFT collection, your projects. Like you had f a fight with your wife because you spend uh, too much time working uh, on the night. Uh -huh. And then uh, you put everything on OpenSea. It's good. You have some traction. You have your early followers uh, coming in, new people from you don't even know where that start to buy. Mm -hmm. So you start to, to have a bit of money coming back to, to finance what uh, you worked hard for your project. And then suddenly, all of the scammers come. They duplicate your collection, then change it a bit so they, they, go, they don't get detected by automated tools mm -hmm. to counter, counter it. And uh, your tokens, they were listed for $50, $100. Yeah. And these guys, they put some offers at $45, $40. So new people wanted to buy the collection. And usually these are uh, people from the Web2 ecosystem. They know this artist and they say, oh, I don't know NFTs, but I trust this guy. Uh, I will buy his token. Ah, there's this one at 45. Let's buy this one. Mm -hmm. And they buy it and they get scammed. Yeah. So they're not happy because at the end, they don't get what they want. And the artist doesn't get the money. So he's not happy either. Yeah. So it's a catastrophe. And You don't have access to this because it's small, uh, small amounts. You don't have access to the badges of verification. And that's a huge problem to kickstart a new collection right now. OpenSea has almost all of the market and there's not a lot of alternatives. You have other platforms, but it's the same. Their compliance team, they are completely under the water and they don't have the time to validate it. You can go to some curated marketplaces who validate the projects beforehand. But it's a completely different model. It's a bit like art galleries in the mm -hmm. real world. So they have like uh, super rare, for instance, of projects. is one of those that comes to mm -hmm. mind. Super rare is one of those yeah, exactly. platforms. Yeah. But once again, it's extremely hard to go inside. You have to know some people mm -hmm. to get introduced. It takes a month and the model is different. They take a bigger cut because they do a curation work. Yeah. So there is no system. And what we are building with Wakwali is a universal certification protocol. It means anyone can request a certificate for everything, generating this tick mark for any marketplace, for any blockchain, and for any assets. Mm -hmm. And the magic of it is that it works with an asset pointing mechanism. So if you want to certify your NFT collection on Ethereum, you say on the blockchain Ethereum, collection ID number 0x123, you can also put the token ID if you want to certify at the token level. I attest that this collection is legitimate. I have the IP, this is it, etc. And you can ask the community to validate your certificate. But also, if you want to validate, let's say, your property title for your house in France, mm -hmm. you can also do it. You say, Chamber of Notary of France, sell contract ID number one, two, three. And it's possible to ask the community to review it. Can you, can you explain so basically, that? Yeah, a little bit better. Because I don't, like, let's say... Uh, you are the artist, what do you exactly need to do that, that this happens? Like, As the artist, you need to request a certificate to the Wakwali protocol. Mm -hmm. So we have a token called the Waku, which is the unit of trust. A bit of digression about Wakwali. Wakwali is Swahili. It means people would tell the truth. Okay. And we chose this name because it's a human protocol. It's not based on AI or machine learning and common pattern detection of fraud, mm -hmm. like most anti-scam system. What we are building is a way for all the community to come and build trust to the ecosystem and for all the compliance teams, for all marketplace to come on the protocol, to welcome them. Mm -hmm. So they start finally to work together on validating the collection and not everyone is his, his, his own silo. Mm -hmm. 
Because right now, all the marketplace, they do the, the work twice, three times, four times for the same set of collections and they don't share the data. Yeah. So the rationale behind Wakwelly is to provide a platform to share this and to provide a way that it works. And for that, we have some game theory. It's a bit like Bitcoin. If you think about Bitcoin, if you are a hacker and you want to take profit of Bitcoin, you can try to hack Bitcoin. But if you do that, you will destroy the trust in Bitcoin and Bitcoin will lose value. Mm -hmm. So with your skills and your computers, you have all the interest to go and play with the network because as a miner, you will get more benefits. You will contribute to the rise of Bitcoin and get your part of it. This is what we are building the authenticity certificate, basically. We want to create this system where you have no incentive to lie because the community will be here and will flag you. And we create this incentive to tell the truth that benefits everyone. So at the heart of the protocol, we have the WAKU, the unit of trust that you need to lock in the different certificates. If you request a certificate, you need to lock some value in it. Mm -hmm. The judge reviewing it also have to lock some tokens in it as well as some of his electors token, because judges have to be elected by the community. And the tokens get locked over time in the certificate. So the certificate actually holds some value. Then some rewards start to generate from this certificate to pay back the people contributing to the network. So the judge, the electors, and also the requester will get back part of its token for using the protocol itself. So it's all about this uh, secret sauce mm -hmm. that, that we design internally, that this protocol works. Can I try to summarize it and you tell me if I, if I understood it correctly? So it's basically, it's similar to what we know as an oracle where you rely for people to verify data and these people are incentivized with a token to tell the truth. So you have somebody who has a project um, he goes there to Vakveli, he locks in some value and says, hey, this is me, this is the right project. And this value would be up for grabs if somebody else would come and say no and prove and maybe can convince other people that it's not the right project. Let's say it's a scammer, then we would get this value uh, and you have kind of an incentive as Participating in this pro in, in, in this network, you need to have people that are looking at those verifications and say, yes, this is a verification, yes or no. And if it's not a verification and you can prove that it's false, you get some money back and you also get money if you say, yes, it is actually true. I actually stake a little bit of my trust in, in that, in, the, in, in worth of coins, which are also up for grabs then for other people in case you have done an error. So it's like this game theoretical concept of basically punishing people who lie and rewarding people who tell the truth. You got it right. And this is the role of the challenger. It's a specific role in the Wakwali protocol. It's the community that controls validated certificates mm -hmm. to challenge the locked value in it. It's not directly up for grabs because when you challenge, you also have to lock some value in your challenge and your challenge has to be reviewed by another judge on the network. Mm -hmm. But all of these participants, after they share the rewards that were locked in the certificates. But it's also over time. It's not a magic, like you don't get instantly the value. Because then your challenge can also be challenged again in an appeal process, in a further challenge. But every time you raise the stakes, you raise the number of people that are concerned by the claim, etc. 
Yeah. There's the whole protocol for this to create the full incentive to tell the truth that is behind the protocol. So how many levels, different levels do you have if you want to participate in the, pro in the project? You have once the person who wants to validate the project has pr probably NFT collection says, hey, this is my collection. Can you verify? Then you have people that are very verification. I don't know what's the, the term is. They verify it. It's a certifier. The certifiers. And these are, I don't know, a handful. I don't know how many you, you need. And then you have challengers. Can, can cert certifiers also be challengers or are those different roles? And it's different roles, but anyone can be anything, mm -hmm. basically. It's a pseudonymous system where you can act as a requester, as a certifier, as a challenger, but also as an elector. Mm -hmm. That's the last role, uh, the main role. Okay. That, that was missing. So the elector entrusts token to a certifier And the certifier will lock his token and also some of his elector's token in every claim. This is how we build reputation, basically. Because when you stake tokens in a certificate, you also engage your reputation by putting your elector's token in the certificate. So, but Anton, can, can you, because now this for me, and probably for a lot of people who are maybe even an NFT artist, right? Who, who, who just explores now blockchain and it's kind of like, this is already hard to wrap your head around. Then this, just this verification, it sounds complicated. I mean, it's not, it, I, I understand it because it, it uses some of the techniques that we already know from, from blockchains, right? It's it kind of, as you said, it's kind of similar to Bitcoin or also the staking in ETH. Where, where it's game theory that you, you are kind of like aligning the interests of every player in the decentralized thing. But what we do, how would you, is there already something out there working, you know, that we can say, okay, people are really going to use this protocol and really going to interact with it. Is there something out there in the wild that you can point to and say, hey, this already works, you know, this has been proven. At this moment, we have the testnet live so you can freely generate some test certificates for Ether and Polygon. So Mumbai uh, testnet for Polygon and Go Early testnet for Ether. So it's possible already to get a feeling of how it works, claim some fake tokens with a faucet. And in next month, we will have the big alpha, which is coming. That will be like the first battle test of the protocol, where about 100 people from our community will be put in a new instance of the protocol with the mission to certify the top 100 collection of different chains with maybe some scams hidden in it. And there is a huge reward pool for the leaderboard to really prove that the game theory behind the protocol works and to see how people behave with the protocol. So it will be an accelerated reward program because usually it takes months for the rewards to come from the certificates. Here it will take days. But this will be the first battle test to really confront it to the wild. It's coming next mm -hmm. month in June. Oh, that's interesting. So if you want, yeah, if you want to participate or anyone from from the community, you just have to join our Discord, and the announcement will be will be coming in a few weeks, or maybe next week. Yeah, depends on the development which is ongoing right now to be able to to challenge this. And you said it's complicated. It's true that the game theory behind the protocol can be complex, but our mission is to make it stupid simple. For instance, for a marketplace wanted to integrate the Wakwali tick, you just have to set up one call to the API of Wakwali. 
basically you ask, is this asset certified? And the protocol says yes or no. Mm -hmm. Can I have more data? The protocol gives you more data. There is no authentication, no complexity. And I've been doing some integration calls with Marketplace. One of them beat the record. It took three minutes for the feasibility to be validated. How? I don't, I didn't, I didn't get yeah. that. What, what do you mean? Uh, three minutes? Like I, I, I had a call with the tech guys of a marketplace. Uh -huh. They wanted to know if the integration of the work quality is feasible with their platform. Uh -huh. And it took three minutes because it's stupid simple to integrate. Ah, to integrate. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So in terms of displaying the tick, it's easy. In terms of requesting a certificate for your collection, it's still a bit tedious right now, but it's our job to make it easy. Mm -hmm. So our first track for that is to partner with marketplaces and their minting tools to automatically generate certification requests for new collections to add this option when you create NFTs. Let's say you just tick a box I want to generate a certificate with Wakweli for my collection. And automatically, we do the proxy for you. This kind of model. Yeah. To ease the simplicity, to plug directly where the people already are to mint the assets. To understand correctly, because a lot of those game theoretical things happening, let's say, on staking is actually bots doing the, the work, right? And that's why it's so it's scalable. But in Wakweli's case, literally, there needs to be humans looking at all of those projects that get submitted, mm -hmm. which makes it much less scalable because, I mean, you would have to have a lot of, let's say everybody goes through this process who's onboarding and let's say there's thousands of little tiny projects. I mean, you need a lot of, lot of people who would actually work, not for free because I know they get Wakfili tokens and we can go into the, the value proposition of the token right after that. But you, it's harder to, to scale because the other, the other projects scale because the bots can do it because it's like, okay, once let's say the collateral is not collateralized anymore, then automatically you can do this and then it's a bot. But mm -hmm. with NFT collection verification or whatever it is that needs a human eye, it's uh, much slower, right? And um, it's going to be tough to get all these people onboarded. How do you think about that challenge? So... The way to address this is because what you have to stake in your request is a free amount of token. It can be anything. And basically, the judge doing the verifications on your collection has to find like value for his time. He wants to be paid for his actions. So if you stake an amount that is too low in your request, there will not be an enough gain for a judge to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So your request, it's expected that your request won't be treated. So you have to find a balance between the value of the asset you certify and the work and skills you need for the judge that would be reviewing your case. So it can be from a fraction of a dollar for extremely simple case that could be dealt by bots mm -hmm. if they find a way to reliably validate some of the certificates on Wakwali. It's possible because we are a pseudonymous system. We also welcome bots if they can succeed with the game theory. But it is expected like for big cases, for uh, maybe uh, like we are working with credit carbon validation. At this moment, we are preparing some prototypes to see if we can do better than the almost 90% of scams uh, that are uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> behind the carbon credits market. But for this kind of verifications, maybe you have to go on site to verify that a forest is still here 
has not been mm-hmm. uh, has not burnt and for this you need a colossal amount of token staked in the request so we are not here yet but it is expected with the value of the token and the more trust we cover with our protocol that we are able to create this kind of system to complement them with other systems like insurance, like paying for this cost at the side and build a trustful ecosystem. One key point about Wakwili is that it's not your standard project. Wakwili will become a foundation in Switzerland. So it's an open foundation, which is not a for-profit one with a treasury. It means that all the operations of the protocol will re-inject token in the foundation's treasury that will be used to give some developer support for people wanting to integrate Wakwili in their system and to also give grants in terms of token facilitating the adoption of the protocol, like giving grants for artists wanting to validate their collections, giving grants to some compliance team wanting to validate on the protocol, grants on ecosystems wanting to... I'm losing you. Ah, I don't hear we you. Had, we had a breach of collection. You don't hear me? Like, try again. One, two, three. Yeah, no. All right, Antoine. And we're back connected. So my question is, what is actually exactly needed to verify a project? Like you need to check the socials of the person and then realize, okay, this is really the right Twitter account. And then this really points to the right website and then go into the code and figure out, okay, this is really a new NFT project. What is actually needed? Basically, if you're used to deal with NFTs and are not getting scammed on a daily basis, probably you already know what is needed to be done. So you check the socials of the person claiming the connection. You have a look on Etherscan, if the contract is validating, if it's reputable, if there is a project that looks like it in terms of image. So it's this kind of verification that are expected for the NFT vertical. So anyone with this base of skills, let's say it looks common when you have your head deep into it, but we need people like you, people like us doing this kind of verifications to come to the protocol and do this for the community because we it looks easy, but for 99% of the users, it's not. And we need to provide a simple way to show that some verification work was done by someone who is experienced with it and that there is some value locked in the associated certificate. So if someone like you wants to participate to test it or to discover this verification work, we will have some tutorial videos and pages to give information about how it works. And it's possible to participate to the alpha in the upcoming weeks. So you just have to go to workwelly.com, you join our Discord, and you will be among the first one to know and participate in the selection process for the alpha. There will be a cool stuff to win. Great. And one more question about tokenomics. So how do you make sure that this is worthwhile, the time? Like what is the value of this token? Where do you see this going in your, when you pitch this to investors as well? Do they buy the Wakwili token or do they buy equity in your company? They buy the Wakwili token. So because it's a foundation, there is no equity attached. And the secret source of Wakwili is because you need to lock the tokens in the certificates, the circulating supply is really low at the moment. It comes back with the rewards of the certificates and that allows us to align the market cap of the Waku to the total value of trust we are creating. And the market is huge. What we are protecting is the tokenized asset markets, which is expected to reach $16 trillion in 2030. And there is no system at this moment that scales to cover it in terms of trust. So this is what we are building. 
And because it is so early in the development of the protocol and in the development of tokenized assets in general, the perspectives of return are extremely high if the project succeeds. So this is what we are pitching with investors. And this is also why we are able to provide them with a perspective of gain that are higher than traditional businesses with a streamlined revenue model based on selling products. We don't sell a given mm -hmm. product with work really. We sell the adoption of the protocol and the fact that we success in creating more trust for everyone to benefit from, mm -hmm. reflected by the token value. So at the end, the vision is for people who believe that uh, tokenization is the future and Vaqueli has the traction will be the protocol that is becoming, let's say, the, you know, the, the what is it called? Link. Yeah, the link of... Yeah. of uh, It's the misogynization. Vaqueli is the, is the notary of the metaverse, basically. <laughs> It's yeah. the link between the token and the asset. It's the same as a notary in the real world. You have to have someone who makes the link between your house and the paper that says you own it. There is nothing for that in the Web3 ecosystem right now. And it is work really. Yeah. This is what we and have. It, what we and there will be equities, like shares will be tokenized. Houses will be tokenized. If you believe everything will be tokenized, then this thing could actually really become... Exactly. Huge. We talk I mean, about tokenized equity, tokenized real estate, tokenized commodities, gold, petrol, etc. Tokenized art. It's a crazy market. And the data I just mm -hmm. gave you, the 16 trillion, it's data provided by the Boston Consulting Group. It's like a recognized institution. Everyone knows and follows their advice. And this is their conservative estimate. They expect in the best case scenario, it will be 68 trillions in 2013. It's in seven years. It's really soon in the timeline, if you think about it. You know what? You have to follow the, the link marines, like the playbook of them, because they have been growing like crazy kind of organically with people who believed in it and it was one of the only tokens going up during the bear markets and until today it's a really huge token and it has been growing it's kind of a similar use case right it's kind of oracle-ish mm. yeah just look into that if, if, if you're interested in, in having this kind of growth and getting people organically onboarded I will this is, this is what we do this is why we ask for everyone interested about this if Mm -hmm. What we say today resonates with you. Come and join us. Come on the Discord. Participate in the protocol because the protocol will be the reflection of people participating in the community. It's the objective. This system cannot work if there's not a lot of people behind it. The objective is to be the system of trust for every ecosystem, to build the base protocol with Wakwali that all ecosystems can connect and benefit from. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Antoine, for coming on the show. That was very good. Thank you, Jonas. If you're still listening, chances are that you liked this episode. DeFi is not just me. It's also you, the listener. And each day there are more listeners joining and together we can spread the word about DeFi by giving it five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. Send this episode to a friend who might be interested. Check out the website, visit defire.money and click on subscribe to get the new episode and in the future also blog posts directly into your inbox. Also make sure to follow me on Twitter at defiremoney. All of this helps so we can continue to produce more episodes more frequently and get the most interesting guests that you deserve. Good night and see you soon.